0: What is happening, beautiful people hello and welcome to another episode of the my friends Says you grow gyms podcast i'm your host gr hoff and you're in the right place if you are a gym owner personal trainer box owner fitness pro this is looking to grow your gym grow your business in ways that you your family your community the people you serve and not least importantly your bank account are going to feel absolutely awesome about all right, beautiful people, let's talk about one of the the most common questions that we get this time of year. Effectively, should we launch a new program? Should I launch a new service offering for the, uh, you know, in the States or here in the Northern Hemisphere? It's obviously summertime, and that means kids being home. That means certain careers having more availability, right? Teachers having more off time, Um a schedule sometimes changing uh, parents needing things to uh, to put their kids into so they're not just sitting around playing video games all day all those different fun things and so should you launch a new program for the summer <clears throat> um and the answer is not uh like many things it's not as simple as maybe um we'd like it to be. It's not a, Hey, can you make more money? Yes. Then turn it on. So there's a lot of considerations and hopefully this will give you a more systematic framework for determining whether or not it makes sense for you to consider launching this program. So thing number one, the filter that, that I'd argue, um, any of us should go through before we consider adding on new, new things, new buckets, new, uh, systems, um, onto our business is, uh, are you happy with your current trajectory? right? So are we happy with the way that things are currently going? Um, And I say trajectory, not just not where the business is at, but with the current trajectory, because if you're happy with your pace of growth, um, with your capacity in the face of that growth, um, with the the return on your overall business investment. And when I say ROI here, and we use this continuously in the, for the purposes of this podcast, when I say ROI, I'm talking about your return on investment, not just in terms of money, but in terms of all of your resources. So your time, your energy, your talent, uh, yes, your money, um, your coach's time, right, the time of your team, your focus, And your team's focus, those are all investments that go into launching something, you're making adjustments to programs, etc. And so if you're happy with the way all those things look right now, you're happy with in particular, the (coughs) excuse me, getting a little cold here, Um, you're happy with the the, 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 growth, um, in relation to the capacity that you're currently dealing with, right? So if you lumped on a new program, you said, Hey, I'm going to start training kids or whatever. I'm going to, um, add on an entire population. Maybe you're a woman only facility. You're going to add men and you expect to add 25% to your membership over the course of a few weeks with some, some spouse and, in men referral programs, right? If you do those things and all of a sudden your operations break, that's probably not the best decision, Right. And so if you're happy with your current trajectory and your capacity is sort of set up to be able to handle that and handle that well without a whole bunch of unused, just waste, right? In your organization, then it probably makes sense to just stay focused and just be really, really damn good at whatever it is that you're currently doing, right? Versus adding on a bunch of crazy new things. That said, if you are not happy with the, with the current trajectory, or if you are an absolute, you know, kind of maximizer and you want to squeeze every ounce of juice out of whatever opportunity is sitting in front of you in your business, which like, by the way, is somewhat impossible, right? So you're going to have to do some decision-making and some cutting at, at some point, right? You you can't just, you can't just eat the whole, the whole thing all at once, um, depending on how big your organization is, right? For the average person that we're, we're talking to, you don't have a team of a hundred people. They can go build whatever the heck it is that you want to build in, in the next you know, a few weeks or the next quarter or the next year, whatever it is. So you're going to have to streamline things and make decisions at some point. At some point you would hit a, uh, a ceiling of capacity where you could not add 34 new programs to your gym right next week. So that said, fun caveats out of the way. If you are, <laughs> uh, looking to, um, to adjust and improve your current trajectory, to grab a little bit more cash over the course of summer, sometimes a lot more cash, then um, again, that framework, the thought uh, framework that we want to use is how can I maximize my ROI? What's going to give me the biggest return on my investment, not just in terms of money, but in terms of all of my resources, time, money, energy, talent, focus, the resources of my team, et cetera. And so first things first, let's look at the potential upside, right? That's the part that you guys are already looking at. It's the part we all get excited about. We start jeweling. We say, hey, man, I'm already coaching whatever. I'm already coaching adults or I'm already coaching this population. I'm already, I'm already coaching women. Um, hey, if I just add men on or if I just add athletes or if I just do whatever it is, then I could make, you know, hey, just 50 more athletes at a thousand uh, bucks a month gives me 50K a month right over the course of the summer. Well, like you're probably not going to do that, right? You're probably going to just grab 50 athletes at a thousand bucks a month immediately. Um, you know, without some really, really significant investment over the course of the summertime. So first things first, determine your upside. Uh, let's look at the best, the mid and the worst case scenario for what the, or for what adding a given, um, program or initiative, what have you might be. Again, this doesn't, I keep on saying the word program. It doesn't have to be program. So, um, Again, we got this question last week um from one of our one of our current members who is um not externally or not explicitly a women's only facility, but in practice they're essentially women only. And he was looking at this exact question: should we get back into coaching athletes? We had more of that in the past. Should we get back into doing that? Should we um should we get back into coaching men? Right? Should we make a push for coaching more guys and and what have you? And so the reality is like adding in men to their program would not be a change in the way they do things from a, you know, a programming or or, or sales or or intake perspective, right? The only thing that would really change is that there'd be more mid-in sessions, right? And to whatever extent that changes the way they operate within sessions, like that might change things. But in reality, that is a much smaller change than saying, hey, I've never coached whatever, seven to 12 year olds, and we're going to add on that program, <laughs> right? Uh, so if you like, that's that would be adding on a completely new program, completely new session times, etc. So look at the potential upside. That's thing one, and we can get into the next pieces, which is I'm already alluding to it: the complexity of adding this new program, offering population initiative, whatever it is. And so let's say you are considering, um, adding on a kid's program. Well, do you have, or an athlete program, do you already have programming ready to roll? Uh, do you have coaches that are equipped to handle that population? Do those coaches have the capacity to, um, to take on that increased session load, uh, et cetera. So, um, what is the, what's the capacity that you, that your team currently has and to what extent will you have to make adjustments, um, increases in training, et cetera, in order to you know, in order to fulfill on that new program. Right, and it's not just hey, we just do you know whatever we do a couple of sessions three days a week, or we do a couple of Saturday ses- sessions, and and that's that. No, like there's got to be a plan for capacity. There's got to be a plan for um, for how you actually fulfill on the sessions, right? The programming, what you're going to have people do, uh, all those different fun things. So you've got to have a plan, and that takes time and investment, right? In terms of your time, energy, talent, um, that could be spent uh, elsewhere right? So um, if you're deciding between different potential avenues, you want to look at what the complexity is of adding a new thing. And again, we'll use these other factors that we, that we go down um, and compare those against the upside to see where your highest ROI opportunity really is. Um, same thing goes with the complexity of selling something brand new. And this is just, this is still in terms of just the intake process when I'm necessarily talking about the marketing side. So if you're selling something brand new, how are you going to adjust, um, adjust that process, right? Is it a, is it, is it the same? Is it, um, more similar to, Hey, I'm just going to start coaching men and it's the same sales process. Um, and the same programs that you're selling, et cetera, or is it a completely new population? We're gonna to have to come up with um, pricing and strategy and how you're gonna package those offerings and on and on and on. One is more complex, one is less complex. It doesn't mean one has a higher ROI than the you other know, necessarily, it just means that one has more complexity to it. Um, it now, it, again, if it's as simple as doing something that you're already doing, right? That's less complex than a brand new thing. And we should probably favor that side, right? That's going to sort of score favorably on this part of the um, equation. Uh, The next piece is the complexity of actually promoting the new thing. And this is where, you know, those of you guys that have been around a long time, or you've been really diligent about building your lists. um, And when I say lists, I mean, uh, again, your resources, your assets in any number of avenues. So your your email list is probably the biggest one um, in terms of uh, your ability to, to to reach out to people on your own <laughs> immediately, right? Particularly your past and current customer list. Um, so how big is your, your past and current customer list? Um, your email list, your social media followings, any of your other, uh, you know, uh, followings that you might have, Um your relationships in town, right? Those are assets and things that can be leveraged to promote your new thing. And so if you have diamonds that are already in your own backyard, um, again, this is where uh, if you were comparing, let, let's say all other things are equal and you're saying, Hey, we train mostly women and we train mostly women in the age ranges of, I don't know, let's say, let's say 40 to 50. And, um, and they're, and they're 95% moms, right? Well, a lot of these moms probably have multiple kids, (laughs) right? And so your potential, um, your, your potential, uh, sort of promotion might be much more simple and, and you might have a higher upside of tacking on athletes. Let's say you have some great relationships with people that run some youth sports leagues, but you've never done anything with the athlete side. Well, that could decrease the complexity and increase the potential upside of launching that program, right? Without necessarily having to, you know, build ad campaigns or do other complicated things. So again, look at the complexity of promoting a given thing um, that goes into your capacity, right? So we all have kind of limited resources that we're playing with. Um, The, the the simpler it is to tack on something new and get it filled, right? The sort of the 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 higher that goes up the list on, man, like maybe this is something that we should consider doing. Um, finally, <laughs> we get into the uh, uh, there's really only two more factors. Factors the smallest one I think is future complexity. So um, again, it's a little bit of a boring one, and it's something that it could be written off if you had kind of a a little bit of a fuck it attitude. Um, But there is future complexity in terms of, you know, cutting programs and coaches later on. So um, if you start something over the summer, but your plan is you have no intention of continuing to keep an athlete program running later on then it might be, it might be that you're having to cut that later. Um, That might be, uh, or, or you're going to have a decreased ROI on it because you don't know how to keep athletes for the long haul, what have you. Um, Or uh, you're worried about keeping your coaches because you're kind of taking candy away from the baby, right? You're giving them the candy of having additional hours and, um, and work and probably pay over the course of the summer and then kind of taking that away right? Um, if your plan is to, to, to lose the program, we're just, you know, there's a chance that anything is going to fall on its face. Um, in time that's, there's a little bit of complexity there that yeah, should probably be considered. Um, and then, but the, the, the biggest sort of next thing in my opinion is the, the opportunity cost. And this is where, um, again, if you guys are, if you're anything like me and you have kind of that, I I don't know. It's like that guttural, like entrepreneurial ADD, right? We think we can do anything. We have this really can do attitude where everything looks like an opportunity to us. And, (laughs) and as such, that can get us in trouble at times where, um, we just think about, oh man, there's this new thing and we could totally make that work. Here's how I can make it work. It's fun. It's a challenge, right? It's, It's exciting. It's energizing. And the reality is that, um, that takes time right? There's, there's an opportunity cost of the time that you would invest in that program. So if you were to take, you can think of this in terms of the financial world as well, you'll hear opportunity costs a lot. Um, but if you could take your the time that you would be investing in the new thing and just reinvest it in things that you're already doing, would that reinvestment have a better return than the new thing? Same thing with the money. So if you're going to pay to go find new coaches or pay to do advertising or whatever it is, um, buy some equipment, whatever it might be to launch this new thing, could that money be better spent growing the thing that's already growing right now? Um, same thing with effort and energy, right? That is a, um, that, that's something that I think cannot be overstated and overemphasized to most of us in the room, right? I think that's probably the, the one that is the kind of the highest risk of, um, being overlooked for us as gym owners, where we don't think about the effort and energy that it comes, that, that comes along with making sure that a program meets a continued standard of excellence, right? In your business, because we are no longer in a marketplace that rewards the shitty fulfillment, right? Shitty coaching, city programming, shitty experiences, And so if that's the case and you don't have people on your staff that are already like ready to absolutely kill it in whatever that new thing is, then that means that you'll be investing your time or a fitness director, a programming director, a coaching director, whatever it is, like your your head coach's time and making sure that whoever's running that program is running it super, super duper well. Right. <clears throat> so again, there's effort and energy in terms of making sure that the, uh, the standard of excellence is met on a continuous basis. Um, that the, the actual like programming and fulfillment work is getting done. Um, there's an opportunity cost of scheduling capacity. And so this, this starts to be a big one for, um, for, for people who, you know, kind of launch off these specialty programs or whatever it might be. And then you get out of summertime and, and maybe again, this, this may be something that is less of a, uh, less of a factor as kind of, we get to more and more people working from home. Um, I hope it is right. Cause it's a challenge in the fitness industry for sure. But for, for, for our, our brick and mortar gyms, um, but like, okay, you start this, whatever this like weightlifting program or whatever it might be, you know, and all of a sudden, your your main thing, your bread and butter starts to grow and grow and grow, but you know, and you're running into issues with capacity and you have a prime time slot that is taken up by whatever, like this insert specialty session here, right? Oh, this is, this is just a, a men's session, a men's only session. Well, the men aren't full all the time and the women are breaking down the door, like eh, kind of makes sense that we should cut this thing, right? <clears throat> And so again, in the summertime, this is less of an issue because odds are pretty good. Let's say you wanted to start up a kid's program. You've got a great list. You have relationships with coaches. You've done an athlete program in the past. This can be a little bit of a grand reopening. These are all really, really positive things. You've got capacity. Things are opening back up again. So you don't have to have like four people in a giant gym, um, to be kind of COVID compliant. People are used to having their kids around other people again, yada, 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 the whole deal, um, And you can launch that session. You can run that session at times where you're not going to have any of your average sort of gym pop people coming into the gym. That makes for a kind of a much nicer spot to potentially tackle in this program because it's not taking away times from your bread and butter populations, the populations that really pay the bills on a continuous basis. So (laughs) to wrap it all up, um, if you wanted to kind of uh, quantify uh, all these things, like you can, you can do this one of two ways. Um, hopefully whatever you're considering becomes really, really clear as you go through this thought process, right? Cause it's not just, can you do it? I believe you can launch whatever the heck it is you want to launch, right? Um, whether or not, la- whether or not you launch it successfully and profitably is another thing, but it's not just, can you do it? It becomes, okay, well, realistically, um, yes, we could do this new thing, but our, our main stuff is just growing like gangbusters and we need to put all our resources into making sure that we can scale that. And we're going to focus on that and be the best in town at that. And that's going to be the thing that we do. Awesome. Right. And it becomes really clear. And then there are going to be, there are going to be some of, some of the, the others that are listening that maybe already have kind of infrastructure and team in place that could handle these you know little offshoots or what have you or maybe you've already super super maximized the um, the trajectory of growth in your bread and butter stuff um, but you still have additional capacity sort of left over to add on these other things well then it might make sense to add on whatever initiative it might be and then hopefully you're using a little bit of this analysis to determine you know where that biggest, Move right where that that high, highest impact move um, might sit, right. Which one of those initiatives would be the highest ROI move in terms of all your resources? Again, time, money, inter- energy, talent, focus, etc. Um, and and that's that. Um, again, these things are the reason we go through this framework is, is because number one, like we want you to be able to, if it makes more sense for you to focus on the main thing and to avoid the entrepreneurial ADD that so many of us suffer from, then focus on it. Um, if it makes sense to tack on this other thing, awesome, do it, like go wrong with it, but we want to make sure that you're not just throwing out these programs willy nilly, that you're adding things strategically. These, these tack on programs, just so you guys know, if you want to get a little look behind the curtain, we are, um, we're in the middle of recording what i think is going to be the uh, the most powerful resource for uh, athlete performance businesses um ever built it is uh we've got a super exciting team of gym owners who who have just absolutely crushed it in the athlete space that are going to uh, hold nothing back and put it all out there and we are super excited to tease that out and so the athlete program the athlete demographic can be a hyper hyper profitable thing all that being said yes We'll have something to sell you here um, somewhat shortly in terms of getting your hands on that thing. Uh, Even with that, right? In some cases, it makes sense to just focus on the main thing and be the best at town at that one thing versus trying to be the restaurant that serves everybody. Um, Again, your answers on this list. Will help determine whether or not it makes sense for you to tack on those solutions. Uh, but I hope this uh, this message, this episode, has been um, profitable for you, and that it helps you frame your decision making, um, not just for the you know for the summer here coming up, but also um, for the future, and help keep you focused and profitable and happy and all those positive things. Um, with that said, love and hugs. We made it through the episode, coming off a little bit of a cold, and we'll see you guys next week.